welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. This time we are... Welcome to the podcast. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey. Where? Welcome back. I'm Elaine. He's in the toast. I'm Carly. I'm John. I'm Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're in my toast? I mean, Tony. Goodness. It's funny. I'm Damn it. <laughs> Each of us has a specific movie genre. I'm horror thriller. I'm science fiction fantasy. I'm drama and romance. I'm action adventure. We take turns selecting from our movie genre movies that, in our opinion, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see any of these movies in anyone's top ten list, but maybe by listening to our podcast, you can give these films a second chance. Today's pick on the podcast is Carly's pick, A Little Chaos. Yeah. Hey. It certainly was. <laughs> That's right. Nobody's heard of that either. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not going to be on anybody's top ten list. <laughs> No. I wouldn't even, well, yeah, sure it would. Top 10 movies about gardens. Mm, the Secret Garden. I was going to say The Secret Garden. <laughs> Garden Maybe of Alice in Wonderland. Because yeah. they play croquet in the Queen's Garden. Um, Frailty. No. That's the only one I can think of. <laughs> I'm sure if we really thought we could find we a rack our brains. about gardens. We'll I'm sure there's one about the Garden of Eden. That would count. Mm-hmm. All right, so this movie came out in the U.S. It was released in June of 2015. Tony took me to see it at the theater. What a fella. <laughs> it is, takes place in 17th century France with King Louis XIV's chief landscape architect making an unusual decision to hire a woman to create a lavish garden at Versailles, and he becomes romantically entangled with her in the process. Romantically entangled. That means they're blinking. Mm. <laughs> All right. It was directed by Alan Rickman. The great Alan Rickman. Yep. Who also co-wrote it. He was in another great movie I like. Um, it's a Christmas movie. Tony, what's it called? I can't remember the name. What's it called? Uh, Die Hard. Oh. Die Hard. That's it. Played the great Hans Gruber. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or my last movie pick, Love Actually. Also a great Christmas movie with Alan Rickman. Mm. And another movie that with Alan Rickman, he canceled Christmas. Robin Hood. Oh, that's right. He Christmas is canceled. He said and call off Christmas. Wow, Elaine, a Kevin Costner movie, you let it go by. (laughs) (laughs) This movie was mostly written by Allison Deegan, and she sent Alan Rickman the script because she wanted him to play Lenotre. And he read it and said he might be interested in directing the movie, but he didn't think he was right for that part. So then he came on, and he and Jeremy Brock, the other writer... Apparently, Allison Deegan is dyslexic, so this script arrived and it was kind of a mess. What's the Minority Report doing? They were liked it. (laughs) I'm I'm giving you a little flavor. Uh, You know it's a podcast. I can't see you, right? I can see it, and I'm enjoying all her hand gestures. (laughs) It it was a little bit of a mess, and he said he was still interested in the project. He really liked it. They just needed to clean it up. and um, A little funk on it. And he wanted to direct it, and then eventually they convinced him to play... The part of King Louis the Fourteenth. So that's how he ended up being in the movie. Well, there you go. Hmm. An instant star power. <laughs> he is in the movie along with Kate Winslet. Also star power. Yeah. 
and Matthias Schoenarts. Never heard of him. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. He's Belgian. <laughs> I like Van Damme. He's been in lots of movies I haven't seen. And yeah, he's he was... pretty great. <laughs> Can you do the splits? I probably, I'm assuming maybe. that he wore a wig and it was not a good one. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of bad wigs in movies, Carly picks. <laughs> There's lots of wigs in this movie. <laughs> But, wig but some too. of them were obviously wigs. Like, yes. they wore wigs. So those didn't have to be good wigs because they were just wigs. Mm-hmm. But He's kind of Andre's made to look hair. like the one who's not wearing a wig. Yes, that's supposed to be his natural hair. And it looked terrible. <laughs> I hope it was well, a wig and not his actual hair, which of, he grew out. <laughs> a lot of men, when they grow out their hair, it looks bad like that. <laughs> it just, it looked so stringy. <laughs> So stringy. Oh, it's not a good. It's not a good look. Well, they didn't have L'Oreal back then, right? Vo five hot oil. You no, know, they had like yak's milk and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they put a nice maze in their hair. <laughs> All right. Also in this movie are Steve Waddington, who plays Duras, and uh, we were talking about him before we started. <laughs> no, right. That, wait, they were no, having no, a deep conversation the about that's the actors, the and I'm like, hey, uh-huh. podcast. Um. Well, DeRoss, the actor, was also in The Imitation Game. No, I was talking about... After she said she doesn't want to talk about it on the podcast? Well, no, because she said we were talking about it, but that's not the guy I was talking about. Keep going. All right, we also have Morgan Watkins playing Luke, who was also in 2014's Kingsman movie. That was a good flick. We should do that. We have Helen McCrory, who is Narcissa Malfoy in the Harry Potter movies. And she is Madame Lenotre. Those movies made a billion dollars a piece. No way we could do those. We have Stanley Tucci. There it is. I was like, what about Stanley Tucci? You got like all these people that have never been in anything. <laughs> they wasted Stanley Tucci in this movie. Never mind. He's the he king's brother. He was awesome, too. Philippe. And we have Jennifer Ely, who is um, the king's mistress. She is also in the 1995 column for Pride and Prejudice. Mm. She's Madame Bennett. Uh, Montespan. Mm-hmm. I really liked her. Mm-hmm. Those are the only actors I brought up, so I don't know which one you were talking about. <laughs> I looked and I Can't remember. was just move along. All right, <laughs> this movie has a forty-five percent to Mama Meter score. To Mama Meter. And a forty-eight percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So many moms liked it. Uh-huh. Has a six point five out of ten on IMDb. I, I would have thought it would have had a higher audience score, actually. I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, they didn't know it was a thing. Yeah, but the people that watched <laughs> the people this, that watched it, I would have thought would have rated this really high. Like I thought this was going to be under appreciated because nobody saw it. But the people that saw it liked it. I'm surprised that the people that saw it were kind of on the fence. Yeah. Maybe they were. Um, well, we'll get to that. Yeah. Well, Matthew Lacona of the San Diego Reader said, "A very little chaos and more's the pity." <laughs> That's my first review. Mm. And my second That's review is Anne-Marie B. gave it five stars and said, This movie is very quiet and understated, which is probably why a lot of audience won't get it. Written and directed by Alan Rickman, beautiful sets, dialogue, and costumes. I did like the costumes. <laughs> I have no anticipation of you liking this movie, <laughs> I like the costumes. But what did you think going in? <laughs> well, my first thought going in was a little what? <laughs> so then, like all things, when I don't know what it is, I watched for the trailer. And I watched the trailer. 
And I said, how long is this movie going to be? <laughs> oh, two hours. It's a lot of chaos. <laughs> I expected it to be an extremely long minutes. movie that I was not going to enjoy. I'm sorry, Carly, that's what I thought. That's he, what I thought you would think. And he was pleasantly surprised. Oh, no, spoiler! <laughs> I didn't say that. He wants to change his genre now. <laughs> I'm taking over drama. What about you, Tony? Uh, well, I'd seen it before with you, like you mentioned, but um, the first time I didn't know what it was. I was like, well, you wanted to see it, so... And Alan Rickman's in it. Anything Stanley with Hans Gruber gets Stanley a Stanley Tucci, I'll, you know, I can sit through it. And, uh, you know... So, seen it again. I, I don't think I, I only watched it twice before this. So I was like, I'll watch it again, see how I feel about it. Hmm. I had only seen it once before I picked it. Like, when I opened the DVD after I picked it, I had oh, to I take the plastic it. off. <laughs> oh, maybe I only watched it once then. I thought we watched it again. No? Okay. Then I only did watch it once then. You mean to tell me, Tony, you've been watching this movie without Carly? No. <laughs> no. Oh, you'd she... rather watch Jason X again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> If he had been watching it without Carly, he must have another DVD copy squirreled away if she had to take the plastic off the package to watch this. He's got a super special edition. It comes with a wig. Well, I want the super special edition. I didn't even get special features. Yeah. A wig and a plant. All right, what about you, Elaine? Okay, so I had no idea what this was. All I knew going in was that it was a period piece set in France. I did not watch a trailer. I did not do any research, so I had not even any idea what year in set in France it was or who any of these people were. And I got to tell you, it was very slow on giving you information. <laughs> and I was very confused about... I mean, I did like that there was the opening Paris 1982 or 1682. That was very helpful. <laughs> I did not know. I knew he was a King Louis. I didn't know which one. There's a lot. So yeah. until I looked at the IMDb after I watched the movie, because um, I was trying to write down some character names and I couldn't catch anybody's name. So you heard King Louis. We're yeah. looking for D'Artagnan. Got it. Yes. Um, but yeah, I was very confused. But I was like, all right, let's watch this wild ride. It was not wild a wild ride, but, <laughs> but it did take a little bit for the confusion to wear off and for me to go, okay, this is what I'm watching. All right. So the movie opens, and it's Paris, 1682. <laughs> so that covers that. There is a garden at Versailles, and that's about all that can be confirmed from this movie. This is not a movie based on facts. This is... <laughs> okay, well... All right, so the movie opens with children awakening their father, and he is a king, and in runs his wife and jumps on the bed, and he says, oh, my queen, which Tony thought was another one of his kids. <laughs> well, I thought it was like 50 kids in this room. Like, is... <laughs> I thought it was weird the way they woke him up, but... We've maybe. made you breakfast, your majesty. Maybe that's how he likes to be woken up. His whole family, every day. <laughs> I don't know. He seemed a little shocked by I've him, so that. I was like wondering if this was maybe his wife's idea. Maybe. I was watching Blazing Saddles and someone said that, I think. I feel like it would be his nice. wife's idea. And it's fun. I'm into so, it. As he is getting dressed, he practices a speech about how they're going to move to Versailles. And he instructs his children when to clap. He takes pauses and he says, all right, take note. Your eloquence they must love. Your demeanor they must fear. Like he's kind of teaching them how to fulfill their future roles in the public eye. And he goes on to describe how masters will work to realize his vision. Heaven will be here in France. 
Next, we see a man organizing the planting of trees and a woman drawing. She, and then she's working in her garden and gets a letter. A week tomorrow at 11, she has something going on. I hated the way they were delivering letters in this movie. Why? <laughs> because they're always like, what did it say? And they never say what it said. <laughs> that has nothing to do with how it's to deliver It's very letters. like, no, but like I hated these letter scenes because there were these letters, but they don't. You want to know what the letter says. They don't read them. It doesn't tell you, like they give, a couple of times they gave no information about the contents of the letter at all. But here she's like, I have to be there at 11 o'clock. And beware. For what? Who are you? <laughs> well, if you had watched the trailer, you'd know. I don't watch trailers. I like to go in well, blind. You, it's more fun. Do you know what trailers are for? I'll tell you what the movie's about. I don't want spoilers. There's no spoilers in it. Yes. It tells you what the movie's about. That's a spoiler. <laughs> Spoils no, no. the plot for me. I like to go in fresh. Do you, fresh. When you go into a bookstore, you just grab something like, that looks good. Sometimes. I've bought books per, purely based on the book jacket. I hear you're not supposed to do that. You never can tell. But I have done that before. Well, she never reads faster than she can see. That's true. It's all in reflexes. <laughs> it's all in the page turning. Oh, goodness, goodness, goodness. All right, so she gets a letter. It tells her she has somewhere to be at 11 in a week. We don't know why. But it seems very exciting. Yes. And then we cut to, it must be a week later... Around 11. She's getting, she's getting ready to go. I, did, I actually wasn't sure at first because she was looking at hats. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, is she just picking out her outfit? Is she just like, is this the same day? I liked her hat. On the way there, she stops and she does. She looks at hats. And then she arrives and she's wearing one of them. And it's fantastic. She it was a good it. choice. <laughs> she didn't think so. It was a frivolous hat, but most hats are. No such thing as a frivolous hat. And she walks it to up to the meeting through the perfectly manicured lawns and gardens with all the perfectly pruned, perfectly organized trees. Well, they have a guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. team. She's practicing her teams of guys. <laughs> her introduction with the master, mm-hmm. and then um, oh goodness! I Didn't she walk work. in and say, "Who's the master?" And somebody no. was like, "Show enough." <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't this movie. No, I don't oh, think okay. so. Huh. And we hear her say, Master Lenotre, I am delighted to make your acquaintance. I have long been an admirer of your work. That's what she's planning to say when she meets him. But then we overhear some guys saying some other stuff. They're like, mm, Master Lenotre, eh. They don't think very highly of him. No, not so much. He's riding on his daddy's coattails. Not particularly clever. He has great hair. <laughs> <laughs> So he has been interviewing candidates. Again, we still don't know why, what for. <laughs> so the gentlemen are interrupted as they're trash talking the master as they see her walking up. They're like, ooh, there's a hat. <laughs> and she, they're quite surprised to see that she's there because she's a lady. One whoa, guy knows whoa, her. Whoa, whoa, she's yeah. a lady. Sorry. <laughs> She approaches a circular display of potted plants, and they're all perfectly ordered. She scoots the one in the middle Ooh. out of the way, disrupting the whole pattern. <clears throat> it's eclectic. And who sees her? I was disappointed in that because <laughs> she had all those drawings of sh- seashells at her home with her garden. So it seemed like she was looking at the 
nature and the natural patterns of nature. Mm-hmm. But when she moves the plant, it's not into a new pattern. It's yeah. not into a spiral. It's just she moved a fucking plant. She didn't make it look better. <laughs> so I was like, this is dumb. It's just her saying, these are too perfect. I want it to not be perfect. Instead of her saying, I think this would be better and rearranged. Yeah, if them. she had rearranged them, I think it would have been a better statement rather than she just moved one plant that made it look shitty. <laughs> so Tony, it was funny that very same scene when I was looking at it, mm-hmm. she moved the plant. I didn't care. <laughs> moved right past it right away. I didn't know she moved the plant. Perhaps if, <laughs> if she had moved them all into a new re- arrangement, then it, the interaction upstairs might have gone completely. It's amazing the depth they're going into. About <laughs> Perhaps this one I just thing, felt like, like it should have been. Didn't even register for me. <laughs> it did to me. It felt weird the mm. way they did that scene. It should have been different. Yes. If I was writing that script. Anyways, carry on. <laughs> the master so, also sees her. Master Lenotre does see her. And mm-hmm. we see him back in his office and he looks like he is so over this. He's done. He doesn't want to interview any more people. <laughs> I feel like he could hear them speaking too. Yeah, I got that impression too. Mm-hmm. He says he would build the gardens himself if the king's demands weren't so vast. But, alas, he has been surrounded by dullness and disrespect, and he wants it to be over. So, Madame Debarra arrives and greets the other gentlemen who are waiting. She knows one, Duras. And uh, he's already interviewed. And he says he spent about an hour with the master, and he's pretty happy with how it went. And, uh, excuse me, the others are introduced to her, and they seem to be like, so where's the guy that you work for and she's like i work for myself i don't need a guy she's like i don't have a guy you have a guy <laughs> and they're like well, i am the guy we know all the guys where's your guy and uh she gets called back and as she sits down and he's writing and she kind of waits for him to acknowledge her and then she says her practice greeting and he interrupts her he's like i don't have time for this shit and he very Joe Friday, just facts, man. <laughs> he wants to talk about her plans, and so she's like, all right, well, let's talk about the plans, and she wants to go over them, and he interrupts her again. And he says, I already examined them, and he wants to ask her a question. Is she a believer in order over landscape? And she's like, well, I mean, I admire it. <laughs> and he's like, I don't see order in your plants, so do you believe in order over landscape? And she's like, I disagree. There is order in my plans, especially in number six. And she wants to pull it out, but he doesn't let her. And uh, he interrupts her again with the same question. And eventually she takes a breath and looks up at him. And she says, order seems to demand that we look back on Rome or the Renaissance. Renaissance. I like the way she says it. (laughs) Very French. (sighs) Finally something French in this French movie. The Renaissance was in Italy, though. Well, the Renaissance was really a movement. It was more all over Europe, but... But it was mostly... It centered in Italy, yeah. Like most things do. Yeah, so it was definitely not something very French, though. The way she said it was, was the point. Oh, well. But she says, surely isn't there something uniquely French that we haven't celebrated, which needs those rules, but we build upon them. And he's like, I wonder why you would come here... And want to work with me if you think I'm outdated. And Ooh. she's like, I don't, that's not what I meant. <laughs> that's not what I said. I, had to, I didn't mean to insult you. But she does say you were the first one to employ these methods. Like she thinks that he started 
what she goes for. You were progressive. She just went way further with it than he did. She went high to the left, I guess. But he seems to (laughs) ignore that and talk to her about being in the public eye and the ridicule and how she would rethink this whole conversation if she had the experience that he does. And, uh, And then he is like, all right, we're done. Get out. <laughs> he opens the door and says, good day to you. And she's she leaves. And they're like, the guys outside are like, three minutes. <laughs> so she goes straight to a job site, and she starts working her ass off. Like, she's... Like she cleared a lot of debris. She had stuff. a bad morning, and she's working it off. <laughs> she's taking couple, it out in the weeds, I guess. There was a couple of shots in her face of the in the carriage as she left, and I'm like, she's gonna turn around and march back and give him a piece of her mind, <laughs> but she didn't do that. <laughs> and I was kind, of, and I was expecting it, and I was like, no, no, because she would never have done that. Nope. It's, I'm glad they didn't do that. <laughs> Although it felt like that, it felt like she would. Yeah. I like the way that she just contained it all and then put it into her work. She put it into her work. Put it into her work. And at the end of the day, she's sitting on a tree that she has cleared from all these vines, and it's nice and smooth, and this nice clearing, and this is what she's done. Ever <laughs> this is how she worked off all her frustration. Well, I support that. It's better than being destructive. Yeah. <laughs> so, I lost my spot here. Uh-oh. Okay. So, at the end of his day, Master Lenotre is talking to his secretary about how he doesn't know what to do because the king wants to improve upon perfection and reach the impossible. But he's surrounded by barbarians. <laughs> and he will likely be put to death if the king <laughs> is unhappy with what happens. And his secretary is like, more likely prison. I don't think he'll kill you. Well, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> but he says, you know... I'll be upside down sinners, I guess. <laughs> You'll get a team. I think I would... I think I would probably prefer the guillotine to some French prison in 1684. Let's just be serious here. Mm-hmm. At least it's quick. It's quick. It's painless. Yeah. But do you know they say that when your head gets decapitated like that, you're still like alive. You can't talk or do anything, but your eyes are still working. You can still see. That's mm. what they think. No one's ever confirmed this because there's only really <laughs> one way to tell. I don't... I don't imagine it's something you can do tests but if you on. I'm not a, really sure how well, to respond they, to that. If you look at a freshly decapitated head, like the I eyes are looking around. I don't want to. <laughs> you never cut anyone's head off? Come on. No. Come on now. Look. Shit. All right. Spoilers. I'm the Highlander. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> remember, I right? thought you looked familiar. <laughs> right. <laughs> and after I cut off their heads, I said there could be only one. They always look at me. How? How? How do you even see them looking at your eyes? Aren't you too busy get, absorbing the quickening? Well, about that. <laughs> that only takes a second. In the movie, they slow it down, so yeah. it really doesn't take that long. Oh, interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. All right. <laughs> I feel like we've gone on a tangent here. A little. <laughs> I, just, I just thought it was interesting fact that, you know, scientists believe that your head is still more or less alive. Well, supposedly they did. Your body. Back in France and England, when they were cutting heads off every thousands by the day, supposedly they did do tests where they'd say, look, you're going to get your head cut off anyway. Move your mouth, blink your eyes if you're still conscious. And they, supposedly some of them did it, but mm-hmm. it, it's hard to tell if that was, yeah. you know. You, you never know. Yeah. Because it could just be like, what, you know, an involuntary muscle response. Yeah. Like you the just, way a chicken's s- body still moves yeah. after you cut off its head. Yeah. But I mean, there's no, there's very, very little things that just, you're out. Right. You know, you're always dying. Because there's blood in your yeah. brain, there's still synapses happening, and that's yeah. to stop eventually. But yeah. Like when you get shot in the heart, and like in the movies, you just die. Yeah. No, you're alive for quite a while, and you slowly die. Pretty much have to have your head. 
disintegrated mm-hmm. or you get shot in that triangle or whatever yeah. with a high caliber bullet. They turn into the pink there. mist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's things that happen where it'll put you right out. Wow, mm-hmm. this is depressing. <laughs> Carrying <laughs> on with this good, good Even movie. The Magra, the blood god. Right. The blade. Yeah. And I think that does Oh, goodness. Well, that's oh. it. That's the only way. Or if you write in the death note and you put in the death yep. note, you know, instant death. Instant death. Right, yeah. Felt or if you cross the streams. Yeah. Oh, well, shit. Now we're Total getting to yeah, the that's, yeah. that's just That's a high level. Other actually, than that, though, I don't think there's Actually, anything. if you cross the streams in an interdimensional gate while trying to get rid of Gozer, you should be safe. Well, yeah, right. because you just blow up their dimension. Right. Yeah, ours is fine. And, and let's just finish this whole little section up with one last tidbit. If someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> All right. I so love this town. his secretary says, you know, your father once told me that no man, however grand, knows what he wants until you give it to him. And he says, true. And the secretary puts Madame de Barre's plans in front of him. And he starts to look at them again. And that started the woman's movement. I feel like the secretary must know that she Very had slow. the best plan. Yeah. <laughs> on. I imagine the secretary, as he worked with his father, he's been doing this a long time. Yeah. He's <laughs> pro- and he's probably seen all the plans. Yeah. And that's the ones that he likes. So Madame Debarra cleans herself up and tends to her fingers. She's wrapped up in a sheet. And she's brought outside because she hears a dog barking and a child laughing. Which, I wondered if maybe she was going to bathe in like outside in a pool. And maybe it was like a local water hole, or maybe, or maybe she was concerned that there was a kid in the water. Then it wouldn't be laughing. I don't know. Maybe that kid. I after watching He's the late, home. Though. Maybe the kid needs to go home. I have to say, after <laughs> watching lights. the yeah. whole movie, Street Lanterns. Street came Lanterns. On, yeah. yeah. After watching the whole movie, I think maybe the child's laughter was a figment of her imagination. I think so Ooh. too. I think that Elaine reads way too much into every little thing in this movie. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I was paying it, attention. It was a really you of missed her the first line. I thought that was credit. (laughs) So anyway. (laughs) She's brought out of this. Was it in her mind? Is there really a child? Is there really a dog? By uh, (laughs) What's the sound of one hand clapping? A woman comes to her friend, who we saw earlier. I think this is like her um, housekeeper. Does she have a housekeeper? I think she does. She got that kind of money? I think... I think that that woman is her housekeeper because, yes, she makes enough money that she has someone who's cooking and cleaning for her because she is all day out working. Mm. And there is a line later about her supporting both of them. So I believe that this woman is definitely her friend but is also her employee, but perhaps not a living employee because she's like, I'll stay. (laughs) All right, well, yeah. So Master Lenotre is, is here at her house. And she's like, what? And she runs upstairs to get dressed. Well, you know, you don't want to be out there with you, hi. <laughs> <laughs> While he waits for her to come down, he walks around her house and looks at all her stuff. Her, and he has this look on his face like, I don't want to touch anything. Her drawings. <laughs> well, it's obviously her workshop. Yeah. And he goes outside into her garden and he lights all the candles. And he's out there when she comes down. And he says his father taught him gardening. And he said, God put us first into a garden. And when we lost Eden, we were fated to search and reinvent it again. But only some have the gift of knowing it. Wow, that's deep. And then he tells her he saw her move one of the pots. And that he's been looking again at her plans. And she says, it's all right if you don't like them. I'm used to it. Like, people don't like my shit. (laughs) This is normal. Happens all the time. And he's like, I never said I didn't like them. 
I said I couldn't find order in them. And he says, this abundance of chaos, is it your Eden? And she says, it's her search for it. Before he leaves, he says that anarchy and chaos in his world are still by royal decree and they still must adhere to a budget. (laughs) (laughs) But he doesn't say, I'm going to give you the job. (laughs) I was very confused. (laughs) I was okay with that. Like, okay. I mean, you get the impression. Like, like he tells her, stay on budget means you have the job. He came there to give her the job. I assume that that was what was happening, but he didn't actually say that. And I was like, I feel like there's some (laughs) ambiguity here that just is not okay. If I'm a lady trying to make my living in the 17th century, I need you to flat out say, you got the job. (laughs) He said, stay on budget. Which is, is like, it's like a search mint. It's two things in one. Plus, okay. he came to see her. Yeah. He could have just been... And he lit all her candles. <laughs> to make a romantic getaway in the garden. To make her to go around and blow them all out. <laughs> and candles aren't cheap back then. So that, yeah. you know, you He wanted a... to see her garden. Yeah, he did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did come all the way into her premises. Mm, and, okay. Go ahead, all right. Cara. So next we are at Versailles. And we see that it's very much still under construction. And the men in charge of the aqueduct seem rather discouraged. (laughs) There's some increasing demands and changes of plans are constant. And they're like, dude, there's not enough money for everything you want. And you keep wanting more. And he's like, look, you have to make it happen because you have to make it happen. (laughs) They want to pull the water from really, really far away. And it's going to be very expensive and problematic. Mm-hmm. But they have the technology. They do. Roman's but... been doing it for years. But he's like, I don't care if you don't like it. This is what the king wants, and this is what you got to do. <laughs> and uh, then he takes Madame Debara to her job site and explains that he has built upon her plans. And he tells her where the orchestra is going to be. And she's like, Oh, it's an outdoor ballroom. She seems very intrigued by this idea. Well, yeah. there hadn't been one till now. I was also very intrigued by this idea. Because dancing outside was illegal. I don't. I can't support that. <laughs> you, thought, you were I, all like, "Really?" I, I thought, thought you, you had were a gonna, fun fact. I was like, "Damn!" I thought you were gonna drop some weird YouTube thing because you watch a lot of weird shit. I'm a, I like documentaries. Oh, we're all disappointed now. How would dancing outside be illegal? <laughs> it could be what leads to witches. Whoa, that's deep. Or freedom fries. Or freedom fries. <laughs> So then he goes to leave, and she says, why me? And he says, these gardens should be large enough to embrace voices other than my own. And then they all walk away, and they leave her there with all the papers. <laughs> Just in the middle of the nowhere. Also, he's like, you're kind of hot, and I'm really busy. So if you took a little bit of this weight off my shoulders, it would be cool. <laughs> but I can't say Did that. Did he say that with his romance. eyebrows? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I got from him. So she goes home Treat to work and falls asleep. She's awakened by a child calling for mama. And she's like, I'm coming! And then she realizes... There's no kid. That kid died <laughs> 17 years ago. Maybe she has a haunted you know, son, It's Tony's movie. <laughs> Her so, house is haunted. The next day, she goes to no, Lenotre's home to share with him some plans. She thinks that they don't have to use const- a constant source of water. They could recycle it and use a reservoir. Did they have like a pump? Because she also kind of says there's an underground uh, river. river. Yeah. So 
they because she, she said it would cycle. Like, wow, yeah. interesting. But she said it would be the pressure would push it back. Like they didn't need a pump. Mm. I don't know. I feel like they were really good at making fountains in the in, that we don't give them credit for, especially. Yeah, but usually they built those on top of water supplies. But there was an underground wi- river, which is a water supply. Really? <laughs> but I, I just felt like it was all totally plausible because they're really good at making fountains. It, it was a line about we got a, we invented the flux capacitor, so it'll work. But he says he will look over his plans, and she's like, "If this gives you more work, I'm sorry." And he's like, "Whatever, dude." This is he's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, "I'm gonna die or go to jail." So <laughs> he this, said, "I'm trained for it, like a well-trained plant. I adapt." <clears throat> And his wife watches the whole interaction from an upstairs window, and she's kind of like, who the hell is that? <laughs> who is this lady? That's right. She got jealous all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. So work has begun, but it seems that she's doing a whole lot of it herself, even though she's surrounded by people. Peanut butter, because she already had the jelly. <laughs> <laughs> That's upsetting. So, Lenotre is looking at plans when his wife comes home and begins talking about her day at the gaming tables. She tells a funny story, and he doesn't Is it a funny story? Well, I didn't think it was funny. I thought I was it, like, was, it was at least worth acknowledging. <laughs> it was a delightful anecdote, sure, but I don't know if I'd call that a funny story. It was, it was definitely worth acknowledging. If Tony came home and told me that story, I'd be like, what? <laughs> Tony, go home tomorrow. I will tell this story. See if she notices. Change one little thing now. <sighs> well, Tony's not going to be at a gaming table, so he would have to change the whole scenario. <laughs> That'll be the one thing that he changes. He's like, I was at the Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> so she, he doesn't acknowledge her, so she says, how do I look in this dress? And he doesn't look at her at all. And she's like, are you listening? And he's like, you look good in the dress. And he doesn't look at her at all. And she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and she's like, are these the plans that woman brought? And that he's woman. like, yes. And she says, button my glove for me. And he can't do it. He, like, fumbles with the buttons. They're too intricate. And she's like, blunt instruments. But perhaps that ma- that's what makes us a good match. And she tells, she tells in this whole diatribe about how he's a creative person, but he needs her to do all the promotion and all the precision stuff. And without her doing the delicate maneuvering, he wouldn't be anywhere. I get the impression... That she is a, a, a la- she's a lady, like a titled lady, mm-hmm. and she was pro. And parent, I'm sure his fa- his family was risen to providence by his um, father and his work for the royal family, but really he's a commoner, mm-hmm. and she was probably had to marry him as some part of royal favor, like. But she really married beneath her to marry this man. And like her dad's the duke of something? No, probably. yeah, probably. Or like a lower... You said no and yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, I don't think her father's a duke. You would never marry the daughter of a duke to a lowly gardener. Well, I didn't mean, have been a good, good been nice gardener. Earl. But an earl <laughs> or a marquess or something like that. Sure. Count this to winter, we'll say. Yes. So back at the job site, Madame Labara is working in her little office, and the workers all leave. And she's like, where are you going? And they just leave. She's left working well into the night, and when she gets home, she's gotten a letter. What does it say? We don't know. <laughs> Another fucking letter, though. Elaine's starting to twitch. 
She seems so shocked. If only we knew the contents. <laughs> movie has as many letters as Dracula, yeah. but at least in Dracula, they read them to us. I know. It's so <laughs> annoying. It didn't bother me at all until you pointed it out. And now I'm like, yeah, most of the time they do. Like, somebody will read it out loud you have in the, the yeah. background. Or we see it. Yeah. Or, or at least see the ghost it's, version from, it. it's from blah, blah, blah. He wants or me to go to blah, blah, it's blah. An invitation to the Louvre, which is what it is. But we don't I learn know. that yet. <laughs> but it's just very frustrating. These letters that they don't talk about. They do that in, well, you don't know this, but they do that in Game of Thrones and it drives me crazy too. Mm. A raven came and they look and it's like, hmm. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you no. know, in the books, oh, when they up. say a raven no, came, I've read the books. Yeah, they have the yeah, fucking message. <laughs> no, I kind of like that about Game of Thrones. It's all about secrets and stuff. Well, so, like, sometimes when Lord Baelish gets one, he looks at it and is like, mm. "Yeah, he hides it because that little fucker." <laughs> May he rest in peace. Spoilers. Spoilers. Shit. All right. Sorry, if you haven't so. seen Game of Thrones by now. And yeah, keep listening to our podcast. Get back to that later. <laughs> so the next day, she arrives back at the work site, and Duras is there, and she's like. Uh, what are you doing here? And he has a bunch of workers. They're not her workers. They're his. And he's like, so you had the shittiest workers. They're all and, chilling uh, at another job site. Yeah. And you had the shittiest lumber supplier. And I thought, if you fail, we all fail. So I want to help you out. <laughs> if you fail, I die. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Which seemed very strange. Because I thought he was just offering his workers... But he's there on her job site. He, he helps her out. The foreman. So he didn't have his own fucking garden no. to do? He didn't get hired. He, but, <laughs> but no, but like, he's like, if you fail, we all fail. But you didn't get hired. So how would you fail? Like, it didn't make any sense to me. Stop it may be a friend. French pride thing, you know. Maybe. Maybe if is. it doesn't get finished, then everybody's going to be talking about it all Like, he seemed to respect her and her work long before yes. this, so... And but he, it just was weird to me. Like, <laughs> what do you mean we all failed? Yes, like they wrote a note about it. Maybe somebody got sent a letter that they didn't read aloud. Oh, Jesus. Well, the impression I got was he didn't get picked, but he has still been kind of hanging around. This is where the work is. He needs yeah. money. This, so he has still been hanging around. He saw that she was in trouble. Well, I think la- well, later on you see how big this garden actually is. And she only got a little piece. Yeah. <laughs> So he may have just been hanging out. He's like, "Look, they gave the job to some girl, so I'm gonna hang out. When she fucks it up, I'm gonna swoop in and steal it." Swooping. But yeah, one, of, didn't have a one lot of the other guys that he that. introduced her to at the interview recommended those workers, yeah. mm-hmm. and he's like, "Well, some people haven't thought it all through because if you fail, we all fail." That's when he tells her that, and uh, and he's like, "Look, my wife makes sure I'm used to failure." So she said that I need to come ask you for work. So here I am. Like, <laughs> are you going to take my help? Because I'm here and I'll help you out. I like how he takes off his wig. I'll take my wig off. Yeah, right? he's can like, I, yeah. Can I take this hot as shit. Please let me take it off. She should have said no. <laughs> yeah. No. No, you will pull weeds and till ground with the fucking wig on. Because that wig had to be Well, he's trying too. to maintain a professional demeanor. demeanor. Yeah. Yes, but if you're digging in the dirt, I think you take your expensive ass yeah. wig off. <laughs> So he's gonna be her foreman now and work on this site, and uh, and she's like, I got an invitation to the loop, and that's when we know what was in the letter. See, there you go. They and explain he's like, it. Oh, it's not you're right gonna away. have supper too. That's fancy. <laughs> so when Carly's lost, she sings. I know. <laughs> and then... so she arrives at the loop, and there's people everywhere. Like she thought it was gonna be a small little. 
reception for the gardeners or something. <laughs> nope. But it's not. There's people everywhere. She walks slowly and is left behind the whole crowd. And then she goes to open the door, but the king's already started his speech and everybody looks at her and she's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she shuts it. Then she goes through this room where there's just a little girl sitting by herself. And I thought there was going to be a moment between her and that I little did too. girl. But it's there actually wasn't. Kate Winslet's daughter. Where oh. the little girl walked through the wall <laughs> and blood started coming down. No? But then the room floods with people, like she was trying to go through it the other way, and then people just start flooding through the doorway, and uh, and she's helped by a man, who she doesn't know, who leads her to a window so she can get some air, and he is Antoine. I thought he was going to take advantage of her, but he I just do. turned out to be a really yeah, nice guy. A nice guy. <laughs> Wow. I really like him. I didn't him. get that at all. You just have a. <laughs> all right, so some guys like, oh hey, you must be new here. I'm I read a lot of um... trashy romance novels where a lot of rape happens, evidently. <laughs> Lifetime. I read original. a lot of historical romance novels, and one of the things is you never let a man you don't know take you into a place where it's just you and him, mm-hmm. because you can be compromised. Without them having really, to do just anything. Being alone in a room. Yes, being alone in a room with a man is a bad thing. Although this was like Court. it. So it's a different rule. There's different rules and different time periods, it's different rules. That's but true, like, too. and she was technically a widow, so it's different. Mm-hmm. But like, like, I was surprised she was willing to go into a room with a man. And rape was rampant. <laughs> like, that was like a thing that well, happened sure to what? all the people all the time. Mm-hmm. So I was very shocked that he just turned out to be a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he was. He's a great guy. Yeah. And then he leads her to the group. And on the way, he explains what court is. But she doesn't know. I mean, she knows there is a court. But there's about 2,000 people, a very small community, and they are there at the king's command, and they cannot leave without the king's approval, and they all just live in the palace. <laughs> yeah, they're trapped. He pretty much described it as yeah. a terrible prison. <laughs> they're mice in a trap. And uh, they all know one another. They've all worked their way through, whether it be sexually or through fights and, you know, all that Evidently, stuff. Evidently, this is a very incestuous group. Yeah, well. <laughs> well, that's poor. And these people are likely talking about her because she's new. They've never seen her before. And they're passed by the king's mistress who runs past and he explains that she's always late. And she has at least four of the king's children. That's a lot. But Mm. a new lady is gaining his attention. A devout woman who doesn't attend frivolous parties. And I've got a question. This is all just okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was court. It was the king. This is all just okay. Wanted. The yeah. king's pretty much always had a royal mistress. <laughs> At least one. Well, I once heard yogurt say, it's good to be the king. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like your wife? Cut her head off. You watch see, a whole lot of documentaries. Wins. I'm surprised you're not familiar with this. No, I am familiar with it, but it's like, <laughs> and this is just, and everybody's just like, yeah, no big deal. No yeah. one's offended. I'm sure there are people that are offended, but they're usually not there's, that are there. <laughs> usually there's a queen's court and then a smaller mistress's court. And if the queen doesn't approve of the mistress, then it's very bad. Like, it's... Well, you know, a lot of wives aren't real keen on mistresses, so... Yeah, well, generally the king and the queen don't really care about each other anyways because they're political marriages. Like the so most of the time they all had mistresses and lovers and as long as they were discreet and had the appropriate amount of heirs beforehand, you have four kids no with a woman, cared. that's not discreet. Yeah, well, but the king is different. Based on what we see of like, his wife, uh, uh, she 
still might not have known. <laughs> no, Henry VIII said, fuck him. Got him off. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so go ahead, Carly. So when they finally arrive to where <clears throat> everybody is, she gets passed off to Lenotre, and his wife sees it, and she tries to make him jealous. But he just walks her outside. <laughs> and they start to talk about the life of those in the court. He's often there, but he's not a member, because he can come and go as he pleases. And she asks if he's going to move with them to Versailles, and he says he would slowly go mad. And then they talk about vanity. She doesn't think he has any, but she does. Remember that hat? And he's like, yeah, I remember that hat. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I like the hat. She's like, it was a considerable expense. And he's like, yeah, but you didn't need it. (laughs) It was a waste of money. It wasn't a waste of money. That was a great hat. <laughs> and she threw the hat away. Uh, well, we don't know that she threw it away. She put but... on top of a thing of, of uh, <laughs> shrubs or weeds And or then so a group is approaching. And we finally meet Stanley Tucci. And he's in quite a hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fantastic hat. Yes. A, some... And he mentions it. <laughs> yeah, he does. And he, he said, what did he say? Uh, Come over here and kiss me or I'll be greatly offended. <laughs> He's, he's and he talks about his hat, and he says he doesn't usually wear hats because he doesn't want them to squish his wig. But uh, he's got the best job ever. We find out he's the king's <laughs> he's, brother. He's the prince, which means yeah. he doesn't have to do shit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he wants to know how such an elegant woman came to hang out with a clay kicker like Nolly, and she says, "Well, I'm a clay kicker too." And he's like, "But why?" Like. This. <laughs> <laughs> And she says the only thing she knew how to do for money and has seen her through some hard times and allowed her to be independent. And then his wife approaches. And he's already introduced his companion. That's his not his friend companion. friend who's with him. <laughs> his lover. That's his, his lover. lover. Which is fine. And now his wife is coming and he says, uh, I just do what I'm told, even marrying a large German woman. But I confess, I love her much better than my last wife, who's dead as a doornail, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> And he does seem to really enjoy his wife's company. And yeah. That's important. <laughs> I enjoy my wife's company, too. <laughs> <laughs> but his lover does not look happy when the wife comes up. Did you see how he snapped the fan? Like, oh. <laughs> 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 there, were the, there were little bits of this interaction that I didn't notice until I was watching it more than once for the to take notes. See, now that I got right away. I'm like, yep, those two are... If you, if you watch his lover in the background, it's really funny. His facial expressions are great. They really are. Like, I don't know who that guy is, but he's good. He's my favorite tertiary character. <laughs> the I prince's don't even lover? Know his name. Like, I sh- I, it's very it's hard, hard because they're names. all Madame and Monsieur yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I don't blah. recognize the actors, or, mm, or I terrible. might be like, oh, it's that guy who was in such and such, and I'd be able to figure it out, but. No. I don't know, but that guy needs more work, Hollywood. Get on it. <laughs> Great facial acting. He he did. He was stealing for me. He was stealing the scene. He didn't say a damn thing. That's true. He opened a fan and made some faces. <laughs> <laughs> and he was what I was looking at. So then they talk about Madame Debara's project, and they're invited to lunch to see it. And the king's brother's like, "Well, a lot of people should come. I think a lot of people are going to come." And then his wife walks off with Madame Debara because she's interested. She's German. She's she's like, I like this stuff. She says, I have a great love of engineering. (laughs) What was her name? Princess something or other? It was Palatine. That's it. I like her. She's my favorite tertiary character. Wow. (laughs) Both linked to Stanley Tucci. (laughs) So, I lost my spot again. I'm sorry. Princess Palatine takes Sabine off on a little walk. So, later that night, we see the king and Lenotre sitting in the middle of a little grass maze. 
in some interesting chairs with backs that cover their heads. <laughs> so if it's raining. Or well, the they sun. were like wicker, though. They... <laughs> it's eclectic. And he's like, I hear, my brother tells me that you have introduced some new stuff into the gardens. So you're, you're listening to different people and you're getting different influences. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I, why? Like, I don't understand. And he's like, well, I'm going to take, it's, it's, I'm taking full responsibility for it. And he's like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are. <laughs> the guilty will meet your neck. <sighs> so at home. They're really painting the king to be a real mean guy. Like, that's the impression I'm getting. If you mess this up, we're all dead. You get the impression (laughs) that he's not. He just has to be. I wasn't getting that impression of the king at all. Well, if you're afraid of being imprisoned for life or dead, wow, he's not a very reasonable man. He is the king. Yeah. He is the king. It's a garden. Redo it. It has to be that way. (laughs) They have to respect him in that way so that they do what he says. That reminds me of another line from a movie. Would you rather be loved or feared? I would rather be loved, but feared is generally better if you could be murdered by a mob. <laughs> yeah, that's more Bronx Tale, so. <laughs> so when he goes home, Lenotre just sits outside in the quiet, on his porch, kind of. And his wife comes up, and she's like, I didn't even see you there. Did you enjoy your evening? And he says, I imagine as much as you did. And she says, you were with that woman. And then she walks in the house. And she has a big problem with this woman. <laughs> Doesn't he have a man- she have a manstress? I got the impression more than one. <laughs> I got the impression she was paying them. <laughs> I didn't get the impression. Well, I was impression that, yeah, I was saying, like, I, they were back point at I don't get the impression. Like, like she was trying to leave, and he's like, "Yo, uh, how about a little something for the effort?" <laughs> Coin exchange. I felt like she didn't have a manstress. I felt like she had horse. What was her line though? That was good. I forget what she said. That was fast or something like that. Yeah. That ha- hasn't happened yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but yes. Sorry. Well. So we go to the picnic at Versailles, and they do a tour. They see some men setting off some dynamite. Everybody kind of backs up, but Madame Debarra doesn't. It she just, just she, she seems to be having some sort of flashback yep. as it happened of a little girl. And then afterward, he comes up to her. And he kind of puts her hand, his hand on her stomach, and it's like, "You're a little reckless." Standing <laughs> <laughs> in the blast of a of some dynamite. <laughs> At the lunch, the king's brother flirts with his lover, and his wife confesses to Madame Debarra that they're lovers. She's like, that man is my husband's lover, but we have children, and he loves his children, and he's brave on the battlefield, and I'm happy. Like, I'm happy with the choice I made. Like, people might think it's weird, but... Like, I'm okay with it. Doesn't it interfere with our life together? (laughs) After lunch, they walk some more, and the king's brother laments... The constant presence of muck in the country. <laughs> this was a, a great Animals speech. making muck. <laughs> or beasts, whatever he says. His shoes were awful fancy to be walking that muddy path, though. Like, in his defense, someone should have been laying down a jacket for him constantly. Yeah. He should have had the, the people from Guardians of Galaxy 2 roll with the, with the yes. carpet. Yes. <laughs> Rolling the and carpet it gets out. stuck, yeah. yeah. That was awesome. Oh, man. And if you get a chance, folks, go back and listen to the Guardian Galaxy 2 episode. I would hate to be that guy's ballet. <laughs> After you listen to the Holly Davidson. Ah. <laughs> All right, so Madame Debarra and Lenotre are walking a little slower than everybody else, and he talks about how he sometimes gets overwhelmed with the extremities of life. But then he's in places like this, and he finds courage. And um, 
she observes that his wife doesn't ever accompany him. Ever. And he's like, oh, well, that's not really something we're supposed to talk about. <laughs> he seemed very uncomfortable. And he's like, I don't want to talk about my wife with you. Well, my wife's a bit of a whore. Um, <laughs> as a matter of fact, no, she pays for it. Yes. He says it feels disloyal to talk about it. But they have an arrangement. And then he asks about her husband and she says he's dead. And then soon after, she's distracted by a breeze and looks over in the trees and sees a young girl running. And then looks again, and the girl is gone. And there's Tony's ghost, ghost. again. <laughs> this is really a hard, it scared the shit out of me. Who are you going to call? So he leads her to a shrine <laughs> where everybody else is. He, and they walk, he. as they're walking through and enjoying all the hanging ribbons with candles and pieces of paper, a horseman rides up. Gets off his horse and says, the queen is dead. And everybody just sort of stands there. <laughs> Come again? <laughs> like, are we sad? And then we cut to some sex in the carriage. Yes. And this is the scene you were talking about. <laughs> Lenotre's wife, she gives the man a coin and leaves to go in the house. And he says, so generous. And she says, so quick. Yeah, so nice. <laughs> She asked her husband if he enjoyed the picnic, and he says, so I guess you haven't heard. And she's like, heard what? The queen is dead. They're very blunt about it. <laughs> well, what else would you say? She's passed on, and he's dead. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and she's like, what? He can remarry. And he's like, yeah, but not to your friend. Yeah. He says, I feel, fat. I feel bad for her, um, and you should tread carefully. And that is the mistress. Montebon. No, is it Montebon? Ricardo Montebon's in no. this? It's Montespan. Montespan. <laughs> I got excited. I was like, wait a minute. I wrote her name a bunch, but he not tasks yet. me. But yeah, he can't marry her for yeah. some reason. Or won't marry her. It's not likely to be her because she's fallen out of favor. Yeah. And if his wife is her fast friend, then this could, she could fall in favor yeah. as well. Because you get the impression his wife is all about the working of court. Yeah. yeah. So she's all about the intrigue and the bribery and if this is the person you've been centering on you need to be careful <laughs> especially as obviously the king's d poor deceased wife probably did not care much about the workings of court given her child what we know of her childlike demeanor yeah. and um so the mistress kind of led the court but if there's a new queen that'll shake up the entire court yeah, yeah. that's probably true probably be all wiped and so yep the next day, Lenotre visits Madame de Barra on the job site. She tells him that they're having some issues with the waterlogged ground. Then they sit and eat and chat a little bit. And she asks how the king is. And he's like, I think he's pretty shocked. And then, you know, she's laid out on the table with her head chopped off and all of her Organs. innards out on the table. And everybody just has to sit there. And she's like, trails were her why, why did they do that? And he's like, to find out what she died of. Like, I don't know if they're really going to find out, but... <laughs> they could have just Maybe. opened up the well, death they got to make sure. If they'd have just opened up the death note, they'd tell <laughs> Put garlic in her mouth. And she's like, you're going to have to go to the funeral. And he's like, yeah. And then he's like, I should go. And before, she, before he leaves, she grabs his hand and squeezes it. And then she gets up and walks away. Like, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I thought she was just discreetly offering him some comfort and then going about her business. I yeah. don't think... <laughs> well, in court, everything's something. But I, both, I think they both thought that that was more than that. I just, 
It was one of those. They, they developed the a little bit of the feelings. I feel like the love story plot in this is very weak. Yeah. It's very it's subtle. The, it's a secondary. It's yeah. very subtle, and I think it's too subtle, just as an <laughs> FYI. I'm still trying to figure out who the antagonist is. <laughs> So the king is the saying... Ghost. Trying to figure out who the protagonist is. <laughs> oh. Also the ghost. <laughs> the king is sitting alo- uh, alone, flipping through a small book, and his brother arrives with a tray of food. Philippe? And they have a little moment where he's like, you have to eat. If you don't eat, France doesn't eat, and I'm going to feed you. And he's like, I brought raspberry... I don't remember Jam. He's like, I brought raspberry. Rose, rose jellies. And yeah. he says, did you have lemon? Yeah. And he presents him the tray. And like he, he grabs Love it and like opens it real quick, like, aha! <laughs> <laughs> and the king Which, tries not to smile. I love this like, because this is such a good scene between brothers. Yeah, like, of I course I have lemon. I know you like it. <laughs> Just trying but to cheer up his brother. That's really cool. And on the other hand, he's like, I don't want to be king, so you have to, you know, get up. (laughs) (laughs) And so then, after this interaction, the king is off. He says, I want to go to Marley, and I want to go alone. And everybody's gotten up to follow him, and they all kind of stop, like, what do we do? Which I'm like, like, he'd still have royal guards. I don't think you can... There'd be some musketeers there, yeah. Well, he leaves, and there's people with him when he leaves. But But, not the whole... Not any Later on, there's some parts where I'm like... He sent "Mm, away the sycophants. There would still be a couple of people. And I'm still looking at this whole movie. I'm like, where are the musketeers? (laughs) There would be some musketeers. Somebody. So... roll around. (laughs) So we see... Madame Debara buying some plants, and then she rides in a carriage full of plants, looking tense, and we keep focusing on the wheels. And I thought she was going to be in a carriage accident. <laughs> <laughs> and then she looks up and sees a girl sitting across from her in the carriage. Your ghost is here again. Something and strange. She gets in distracted because they have to pull over so the royal carriage can pass. And when she looks King's back, way. the ghost is gone. There's no girl. We cut to a man smelling a pear. A little... He's a little too into it. <laughs> I don't know. I love the smell of pears. Uh, if I told him times I went to the kitchen and found Elaine smelling pears. <laughs> there were pear trees in my mom's yard. So when I was growing up, we used to eat pears a lot. And just the smell of really ripe pears, it does have a just as beautiful smell. Oh. It brings her back to her childhood. I would smell a pear. I mean, not the way that this... Obviously, <laughs> obviously these were his babies. I didn't yes. think it was weird at all the way he was smelling them because it he seemed was, like he, he was, was uh, like, groping them a little. Pears. I don't think so. No, this was his baby. He's so proud he's gotten this pear tree to go. I think he likes pears, but... But two men come up to him. (laughs) They whisper in his ear, and they lead him out of the garden. He's like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) And then the king walks in. He removes his coat. He removes his wig. And he's alone in the garden. And he sits. A little later, Madame Devara arrives at the garden, and she thinks the king is a gardener. She's been told to go and get some shrubs. From this guy. From this so guy. It's gonna, not a bad assumption. They're going to do an exchange. Yeah. Thing. She's like, I brought some perennials. Yeah. I know you like perennials. I thought he's we like, trade. He's like, what's a perennial? But, <laughs> but there's nobody out there to help me. Where did they go? And he's like, I wanted to be alone. So I sent them away. And she's like, oh, well, I can come back. <laughs> like, we don't have to do this now. And he's yes. like, no, I think you're exactly the company I need. So, like, he's, he's the, I'm the king, and she doesn't know that. Yeah. And this is the only person in his life that doesn't know he's the king and doesn't wait on him. And she want, he wants that actual interaction of a regular person. Yep. I love this part. Yep. And, uh, and they start to talk, 
and uh, and he's like, I'll help you with your plates. <laughs> he's like, how do you lift things, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> Never done that. But then she starts to talk to him about pears, and he's like, I mean, I like pears, but they're not that great. Yeah. And she's like, are you messing with me? I read, book, I read a book that you wrote about how much you love pears. <laughs> and he's like... I did. I I did write a book about pears. <laughs> Seems like it doesn't take her too long to figure yeah. out that he is the king, and he does realize that the jig is up. No, on. it's when he starts talking, like he has like about a little how bit he of a loves monologue. Flowers and Lenotre won't let him have too many flowers. That's when she knows. Well, at that point, and I figured out. Well, she heard the king speak when yeah. she went yeah. to court earlier, so he she knows his voice. And then, like, as he's talking, it dawns on her. Shit, this is the king. So what does she do? She bows. She curtsies. And he's like, damn it. <laughs> the first thing he does is like, no, fuck that. We're going back. I'm a gardener. You're a gardener. Well, go back you to... stick with it. She's like, yes, right. sir. Okay. Yes, my lord. But then they still yes, your talk. royal highness. Yeah. They still talk about real stuff for the king, not the gardener. Yeah. She doesn't know the gardener, but she talks to him about moving to Versailles. And he's like, well, I found if I ever wanted him to finish, I had to move in. So they have to finish. Yeah. And, uh, and they... They talk about a whole lot of different stuff. And, uh, None of which I wrote down. <laughs> they have a good heart-to-heart. Yes. They, they chat. That ends with time. them each eating a pear mm-hmm. and talking about his dead wife. Yep. And he asks her if, he, if she admires Master Lenotre, and she says that he's the most complete person she knows. And he says that makes him lonely for someone to describe him that way. And then he brings up his wife. He mentions, and she says, I remember when you got married. And he's like, I hope so, because it was expensive. And he's like, but her dad paid for a lot. And he says... And France uh, paid for the rest. <laughs> he's very, he's a little, um, I like him, but he is a little uh, narcissistic. Like, he's a down king. a little bit, you know, like a little depressed narcissistic. Because he's, he's always kind of turns everything back on him. He's the king. No, I know. But I'm just saying. <laughs> he's been raised that way. No, I know. <laughs> he's, he's got I an know, answer. But I'm just saying, it was kind of... He's the king. <laughs> No, there weren't any musketeers. This movie would be so much better if there were musketeers. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, if, if Porthos was just hanging out in the back, drinking. <laughs> so he says his wife's father was a little astray in his wits, um, but long bloodline, never a good thing. Mm-hmm. Lots of incest going on. That's right, because if your family tree doesn't branch out, there's problems. <laughs> Ask the, the, uh, the Targaryens. He says, but my wife, she was innocent, really. She was nice, and she was devoted to me. And he shows her the little diary that he was looking at earlier, and he says, she kept a whole account of our lives, and this writing is like a child's. And it just says, like, I brought him a flower. Mm. (laughs) And the day and the time. We ate lunch at the day and the time. And, uh, And he says he would like to marry again. He feels the loss of her, but he would like to marry again. Someone of his choosing, not the state's. He has someone in mind, but she's of no birth. Most evenings, he just goes and visits her, and they talk, and he loves the ease of it. And she's like, so why don't you marry her? Like, Like, if nobody (laughs) knew you did it until after you did it, then what could they do? It would be foolish to try to do something afterwards. And I think divorce is illegal. So then he's like, hmm, you give me things to think about. And then he's like, what about you? And she's like, yeah, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> and I thought she would re- reveal some private details to the king. He just he <laughs> just pour kind of his heart out to her a little bit, but she still doesn't talk about her personal life. 
Yep, she just goes right in there. Nah, nothing. He's like, I'll tell you what. I'm going to invite you to court. And then I can keep my eye on you. And uh, she's like, oh, shit, is it me? <laughs> I also kind of get the got the feeling that he was shipping her and Andre. A yeah. little bit. Because yeah. he drops some hints about... Like when so he I, talks about he doesn't have how to ship I think he's shipping them. No, no, he can command it. He doesn't have to uh, ship yeah, them. Yeah, no, but <laughs> <laughs> he's the king. No. By the way, you two are married. <laughs> you can't because Andre's already married. And two Not a problem for the king again. <laughs> <laughs> Guillotines are a thing here. Oh, you can't goodness. get divorced, but you can kill your spouse. Goodness. So he says he has enjoyed their day in the garden. And then Andre gets a message from the king. And his wife brings it to him, and she's like, "What does it say?" Then he, <laughs> and he doesn't fucking say. I like this part. He's like, "Nothing." <laughs> he just puts it in his pocket. He's like, "Well, since we're talking, I guess I should tell you, I'm going to Fontainebleau on Friday or whatever day it is." And she's like, "Oh, I didn't know there were activities going on at Fontainebleau." He's like, "You're not going." <laughs> <laughs> it's of little consequence to you, my dear. <laughs> and she's like, "That woman." And he's like, <laughs> and she's like, look, she's a builder. And he's like, so am I. Yeah, I not going to get me with that one. Might I remind you that you are funded by a builder. And she's like, this is despicable. <laughs> she goes, if word got out about this liaison, then I would be a laughing stock. It makes my skin crawl. And he's like, look, our arrangement, this was all you. You decided this. You dictate how we live. And he's like, I've allowed you to live your life as you choose with no embarrassment. And all I ask now is you afford me the same courtesy. And she begs him. And he says, I begged you once. Do you remember? Allow me to give you the same advice you gave me. Uh Uh-oh. You said, it's a matter of feeling special. If we are unable, one, to make the other feel special, we must accept it. Seek comfort elsewhere with others. It's an honest contract, my dear. You'll grow used to it. That's some deep shit right there. <laughs> and then he leaves. My wife ever this told was... me that, I'd be like, wow, that's that's something. I have to tell <laughs> you. Get a guillotine. That... <laughs> She'd get a guillotine, yes. At this point in the movie, I was expecting him to say, there's nothing going on with me and this woman. He never says that, but at this point, there is nothing going there, on with but me. That's what, but that's what the conversation I thought was going to happen is his wife is making this big deal out of nothing because nothing's happening with this woman. It's just a bird. She's just a gardener. But but he knows. No, but that's not what the conversation was. The conversation was, lady, you got to have your lover. You let me have mine. Which I was like, but there's not. she's not. (laughs) Anything happening with this woman. I did not know where this movie was going because I didn't watch. I knew there, I didn't even know if there was a romantic aspect and when the king decided to invite her to court, for a second, I thought maybe the king was interviewing a new mistress. <laughs> so I was not quite sure where the romance was going to be. So this conversation between him and his wife was very strange. I'm like, <laughs> I thought it was going to go left, but it went right. And I was like, oh, so he does like her? Because I couldn't fucking tell. Because it's too subtle. Carly. <sighs> So, anyway, he's been developing the feelings, but he's been keeping it on the DL. <laughs> on the D- That's exactly what they called it back in 17th century France. nothing the has it happened <laughs> between them other than she squeezed his hand that one time. Which was just, <laughs> she's being comforting. So, uh, it looks like it's going to rain at the job site. 
and they secure everything in preparation for the rain, and Madame Debara is the last to leave. But Madame Lenotre has come to see her. She basically tells her, look, you know, he's my husband, and you're a diversion, and there have been many diversions before you, there will be many diversions after you, and you're probably not even the only diversion he has right now. But just so you know, this is the arrangement, it works for us, you're nothing. <laughs> and then she turns around and walks away. She says this very <laughs> menacingly, you're a pretty thing. Yep. And then walks away. Just the menace. It was very much like the Queen in Snow White kind of menacing. It was very evil queen. It was very evil queen. <laughs> very evil queen. Even her outfit was evil queen as. Even though I really like that cape. <laughs> it's all about the cape. The I thought about just you the cape. your pretty well, thing yeah, being one of that was almost my favorite line, just because it was delivered so menacingly. Like <laughs> You're just a, you're not a person. You're just a flower. You're just a pretty thing. <sighs> so good. It was very good. That, that actress was good. So when Madame Debara, Sabine, goes to leave, we see that Madame Lenotre has not actually left. She's just watching from above. And a lover of hers comes up and says, hey, we found a, how to raise the winch gate is it the winch gate i can't remember yeah. but the gate that yeah. open the, the slice flood yeah gate. the sluice the sluice and, or uh, say word. and we'll flood the whole thing and it'll her project will be ruined and she's like do it which instantly to me seemed like a bad idea because you don't <laughs> fuck up the king's shit <laughs> i thought someone was gonna lose their head over this <laughs> <laughs> so they do it and they sabotage one of the pipes for good measure to make sure that this really does fuck up the whole job site and the storm is in full force and luke comes to check on the job site and it's like oh shit and then he runs to get to ross and get to madame debara and they all run and they're trying but the pipe has been fucked up and they can't it's pouring rain and water's coming out of the pipe and they're like the sluice gate must be open and and they go and she's the like foreman's like we need more men and she's like forget that yeah and somebody's like we should pray and she's like <laughs> and she goes and she's gonna we try should to pray. shut the That'll gate help. Yeah. she's gonna try to shut the gate and she can't do it yeah. she can't spin the, the wheel, wheel. and then she's like i can cut the rope but when she's trying to reach the rope she falls in she doesn't have a knife she just has like a, parter, a piece pottery of pottery shard. Yeah. <laughs> and she's trying but it doesn't work and she falls in and she's flowing in the water and she manages to get aside and she's trying to walk back and she falls again and then uh Lenotre shows up and dun, cuts dun, the rope oh. and then grabs her and pulls her out of the water and that's when you knew it was on <laughs> yep in the aftermath everybody leaves and she talks to andre about the damage and she's like Will it mend? And he's like, it will mend. And nobody's going to blame you for the storm or the gate being left open. And she's like, what do I do? And he says, you adapt. And she's like, what, like a well-trained plant? He's like, yep. <laughs> I love the banter here. <laughs> and then she says, am I a diversion to you? And he's like, not at all. And then uh, she's like, I'm not used to this kind of stuff. And she's like, is it honest? Are you honest? And he's like, no. <laughs> he says, I haven't been honest with you from the first time we met. And I saw you move that pot. He says, your heart beats fiercely and mine just ticks. And I have nothing to offer. Such a wonder. And she says, if you're hungry, I will feed you. 
And if I'm mad, you will tell me. And he says, you're not mad. And she's like, you don't know all of me yet. And then she says, are you hungry? And he says, starving. And they go back to her place. And it looks like they're about to kiss. And she's crying. And then says she can't do it. And opens the door and shuts it. <laughs> yeah, she's crying because she's happy, though. Because he asks her, are you unhappy? unhappy? And she says, no, it's because I'm happy that I'm crying. But then she can't do it. So but he entered the premises, but didn't get to enter the premises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she goes back to work. <sighs> and she's trying to clean up from the damage. And then she falls asleep in her office. And she's awakened by the king talking to Duras and Andre about the project. And the king is not happy. He's like, I only see mud. And they're like, yeah, but it's going to be great. <laughs> and he's like, do you believe in this vision of Madame Debaras? And they're like, we didn't at first but now Now we we do do, and we think it's pretty great and it's going to turn out really well they're all standing up for her and then the king's like well we'll see and then he leaves all of them leave and andre sees the glove that his wife took off and he's like oh my wife was here Mm -hmm. and then we cut to him he has put the glove in a box like if we had a box, I would fist the glove. It's a fancy yeah. box. <laughs> like, do they have a I room mean, full I of fancy boxes? Women who had to wear gloves like that, she probably just had glove boxes. That he might, might have made a stop, a stop at the haberdashery and picked <laughs> up a brand new glove box <laughs> just for have. this. He commissioned a box just for this. <laughs> where do you think the term glove box comes from? Mm. That's where you put your gloves. Mm. I don't know. Why you got to say it with the I head I imagine joke. when they bought them like this, they came in boxes. Like, she... They might have just had some of those boxes around that, but those are cool boxes. Fans, if you have a, or friends rather, if you have a, <laughs> a, a, a glove box that you'd like to send to me, because I'd like to put or some stuff a, in it. Or a glove box antidote. An- anecdote. <laughs> I think most of pe- most of the people that listen to our podcast <laughs> do have a glove box, but it's probably located in their car, <laughs> so they will not be able to glove send it to us. Uh, I think DJ has a glove box, like a box just for gloves. We have a glove basket. We have a glove basket. We love a little glove box. It's a little basket that I put gloves in and hats and scarves. It's more like winter wear basket. It lives in the bottom of the, it lives in the coat closet on the floor. But I feel like I should get a fancier box now for that. Perhaps. I have to. So he put, he sits on his wife's bed and she wakes up and he gives her the box and he says, I do not know what story this tells or what harm it was part of, but this is a bad end for both of us and I'm sorry for it. And he walks away. And she opens the box. Oops. And her muddy glove is in the box. Look on a Paltrow's head. <laughs> What's in the box? <laughs> so Madame Debar arrives at court and Antoine escorts her. People are interested in her because she is nobody, but she's here. So she clearly must be more somebody. than somebody. Yeah. So he explains that that in and of itself is special, but he is under strict instructions to bring her to the Marquis de Montespan, the king's mistress. And they begin to chat about when he when she gets there about Madame de Bar's presence and her lack of birth, and she's there of her own merit. And her she lack knows of birth. Somebody. She's walking around. She had to be born with a spontaneous and combustion. Palatine <laughs> arrives and is happy to see them both. Montespan says, "Welcome and come into my secret space." And she opens the door. And it's just all these ladies. Hello. And they're very curious about her. They're looking at her skin and her hands. And she's <laughs> and support- her boobs. <laughs> they're like, but you're not all black from the sun. And you've never had the smallpox. And are your boobs nice? Do you want to look at my boobs? Feel her boobs. 
It's a pretty cool room. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny that the oldest lady had the best boobs. <laughs> that does not happen often. I was very impressed by that old lady's boobs. <laughs> it was an interesting little room. So they ask her about her husband, and they find out he's dead, and does she have any children? And she lost her daughter, who was six. And the ladies kind of go around the room sharing their losses. Palatine lost a son who was four, and many, many, many of the women have lost um, children. All Almost the all women. of them. Yeah. All <laughs> of the women had lost children, because that's kind of how it happened. Elaine burst into tears. <laughs> there was a lot of crying. I thought this was a beautiful scene that these women that are silly and frivolous start talking to her and they're so comforting and they understand and they're just like... You get the impression this is what she needed. She's, yes. She's been hiding this... No, no. This <laughs> discussion. They're she's like, been keeping they're, this they're bottle inside her. of her. It's like a support group. Yeah. And they're like, you can't for. speak of <laughs> it. And then they're like, and like the old lady with the great boobs is like, oh, TikTok is she back. She says, I lost my son <laughs> and my husband on the battlefield. They I'm, barely hear. Yeah. And she's, and when the, she can't speak of, when Sabine can't speak of her own death, they're, she's, they're like, someday when you're stronger, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll be able to. Because she said that she packed all their things up in a box. And she and hasn't she's been able to yeah. look at it since. And it was just, it was very, a beautiful scene. Mm-hmm. I just I cried my way through it. It was lovely. And Montespan says, we're not allowed to speak of death at court. The king doesn't like it. But we speak of it amongst ourselves. And she says that she's turned all of her children over to maintenance care and how she has turned on me now that is the woman that the king has recently become interested in as they say saintly old bitch <laughs> saintly old it's amazing the convent hasn't claimed her yet and she says the costume's not as i can't remember what she said exactly but it's about how the costume isn't as fancy so then they hear the king approaching, and Montespan takes Madame de Barre's hand and says, have you ever been presented at court? And she says no, and she leads her out. And as they're walking out, Madame de Barre grabs a rose at the last second that she can present to the king. Because she knows he loves flowers. Yeah. And, and they, have, she they have a shared moment. <laughs> presents it to him, and he says, is it a Four Seasons? Which is what she said to him in well, the garden. Well, she presents it to him, but the king doesn't step forward and take it. The other lady no. takes it. And the mistress it. gives yeah. it to him. Yeah. And, uh, and he says that he likes it. It's got a natural, unforced scent and beauty. And he says, but some of them are overblown. And um, Sabine is like, that happens to roses. It's the part of the natural lifespan that happens to all of them. And uh, and then they have a whole interaction where she talks about that the rose doesn't even know that it's happening, and but people we know that it's happening, and but they can't stop it any more than the rose. This is another beautiful mm-hmm. thing, and I liked it because she kind of he made that comment about it being overblown and old, and he's looking at, he's his, looking mistress. at his mistress. He's not talking about the rose. He's talking yeah. about her, and then. <laughs> And I love because she just had this beautiful moment with these women and she turns it around and kind of chastises the king and is like, look, you can't. This is part of life. This is life. (laughs) And we know it and we're afraid of it. And we're just. 
But you she know, did it gently enough to where the king didn't lose face and she didn't get her head cut off. And it was beautiful. Yeah. And the, yeah. and you can see the king kind of look at his mistress, <laughs> who he was kind of looking at snidely with mm-hmm. kindness again. It was just like a, she yeah. did this woman who just helped her with one yeah. thing. She did this beautiful thing for this other one. I loved it. She basically yeah. never been to court, but she played the court better than anybody yeah. in the first and, time she uh, did. And he was like, thank you for the reminder of their day in the garden and very, of other things. Yeah. And, and he's like, uh, <laughs> he's like, walk with me and talk about your project. And as they're walking away, um, Montespan <clears throat> is like, such kindness unbribed. And she's shocked. Like, nobody's ever been that nice to her for no reason before. <laughs> she's kind of sad. <laughs> Later, when she gets back to her chambers, Lenotre is there. Andre is there. And he's like, that was brave of you. And she starts to say something. And he's like, that's enough. And then they go in the room and they start to remove one another's clothes. Mm-hmm. And then they sleep the together. Yeah. <laughs> and then he wakes up and she's gone. <coughs> and where is she? Mm. She's in a dark room. Where there's just clothes and toys. She must have gone strewn home. Strewn about. Yes, yeah, she went home. She These went are... home. But it's very weird. The cut here is very yes. strange. Because it's not <laughs> obvious that she went home. And it's like, where is this in the palace? Yeah. <laughs> is this a delusion? Who is that so, guy? She has gone and opened the trunk with yeah. the things that belong to her daughter. They should have gave you a little second of opening the trunk. Yeah. And she... Still um, looking like kids exploded. A doll brings on a flashback. <laughs> Of her husband walking into her bedroom and her and picking up the doll, and saying that he's going on a business trip to Chartreuse for the day, and he's taking their daughter Marie Claire, and he opens the window and throws the doll down to the daughter because she's been looking for it. And Is then, she okay? Of course, he's made of cloth. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, "I have to tell you something," and he tells her that he has a mistress in Barry. And uh, and she's like, for how long? And he's like, this is this is normal. Like, don't be upset about this. Most men have mistresses, <laughs> but she's not thrilled about it. And like, then, like most women wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> she seems very shocked. Like she thought that they were happy together, but it turns out. Well, I bet it's a real kick in the gut. <laughs> so then she opens the window and tells her daughter to tie her laces, and she says, I can't. She's like, Well, I'm coming down there. Wait for me. But before she gets down there. Her husband puts the daughter in the chase, or in the carriage, and they. by the time she gets down, they're rolling away. But one of the servants has noticed the wheel is wobbly, and he's yeah. like, hey. And so she's like, but the, the wheel, and the servant's like, he said it would be okay till they get to Barry. And she's like, Barry? Like, that's not where he told me we was, <laughs> was going. Yeah. He's taking my daughter to see his mistress. Yeah. And she runs after the carriage. And she cuts through some trees to try to cut it off. And when she gets in front of it, it kind of spooks the horses. And they run. And where the wheel was messed up, the carriage breaks apart. And it ends up going off the side into like a ravine. Something. And her husband and her daughter are dead. And she screams at this point. And that's when Andre comes in the door. and uh, Saves the day quite again. Mm. <laughs> And she says, she was the most beautiful thing I ever made, and I killed her. And he's like, he's like, it's enough that it happened to you. It's enough that you have to recover from it. You can't blame yourself for it. And she's like, but it's my fault. And he's like, no, it's not. Yeah. You can't blame yourself for it. I was pretty sure when I watched it, it was her fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of was. 
But uh, he's like, look, it's enough. You can't blame yourself. And he's like, what can I do? And she says, you can hold me. And so he does. And later, she asks him what's going to happen to his wife. So we're assuming that he he <laughs> told her he knows his wife came to see her and he blames his wife for what happened. Or she's just concerned about yeah, what maybe. happens with his wife because she did not want her husband to have a mistress. Yeah. And, uh, and he says... She and I taught each. We didn't start this way. We I mean, learned from did, each other to be ask, this way. Asked that after she caught the bee. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, she'll live her life and I'll live mine. That's she knows that now. Yeah. And he and she's like, what about us? And he says, we will shape each other. And then we cut like a tree to some musicians walking up to the orchestra pit. And one of them trips. <laughs> and he's like, I had to rent this outfit. And the guy's like, it was a waste of your money. Why? Because nobody sees us. <laughs> We're going to be behind that fence. Music comes from the heavens. <laughs> it's time for the unveiling of the outdoor ballroom. The king leads Madame Debara in and everyone follows. And then the fountains start and the king loves it. And he takes her for a little spin on the dance floor and then eventually leads her to back to Andre and he goes to stand in the middle while everybody dances around him. And which then, I just love that. And then he has her executed. <laughs> oh, and then Andre <laughs> leads her all. out of the garden and they kiss and then walk away hand in hand. We take one last look at the king in the middle of all the dancers and then we pan out over all of Versailles. And see how big the garden actually is. <laughs> a couple of things about this scene. So one, there's when the um, court goes to take their seats and sit down. There's a great little detail of Stanley Tucci and his lover holding hands, yep. which I really oh, enjoyed. Really? Yeah. Yes. There is. And also, when they pan out on the gardens and you see where this ballroom is, the rest of the garden is all sculpted. Uh-huh. And then there's this fucking forest with a ballroom in the middle. And I'm like... <laughs> This is weird. <laughs> and when you have obnoxious amounts of money, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. I'm just saying, I thought it was weird that it was so much removed from everything else. Yeah, like, or there was a, so many trees left in that area <laughs> instead of just maybe surrounding it. And it didn't really seem to fit in the pattern of the rest of the garden, but I guess that's the point. A little remember, yeah. Yeah, remember, these people don't live on the same planet as the rest of us. I guess. It would have been nice, though, if they paved a little bit or made a nice walkway for those poor musicians. <laughs> well, you <would> think, <laughs> the muck. You would think that maybe they would put it closer to the larger buildings and stuff, but we're used to being on time constraints you know they don't have anything to do <laughs> that's true <laughs> they're like hey we're gonna go out to the ball and dance and stuff like that and they're like it's gonna take an hour I'm like well, fuck else we're gonna do today you know <laughs> what else we're gonna do get malaria us would be like god damn we're gonna walk out to this fucking place and then dance and then we're gonna walk back and then we're gonna eat and like, game of thrones is on tonight <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're gonna work tomorrow and fucking they're like again this is the king we got and nothing to do 16 something yeah. 1692 that's true 1682 1682 yeah i don't think the king's got much going on Nobody. there's no facebook yet nope so. i also thought it was in a weird cut from them in bed to the project was finished it didn't it felt yeah, like it a lot of rough. time there was a couple of strange cuts in this it movie. felt like yeah. to me like they Every were writing the script the and like wow site. this is kind of long all right and end yeah. it was not anywhere near what it was at the end yeah. every time we were, we when they walked in there and there was grass i'm like there's supposed to be grass on those trees <laughs> And that whole dance floor in the middle? That's yeah, not what like, I expected I felt, it to look like. Uh, I feel like there should have been one more scene at the job site with a little more progress. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> the montage of them putting it all together. 
Yeah, because the last we knew, shit was fucked up. Yeah, we don't know how much time went by. Obviously a lot. Grass grew. Yeah. (laughs) All right. They didn't lay down artificial turf. So that's the end of the movie. No, there was a post-flatulence scene. No, there wasn't. I always wait looking for it now. All right, John. Let's get it Oh, I go first? How much did you hate it? (laughs) Let's, Let's get it over with. Wow. That's messed up. <laughs> you have little faith. Um, my favorite character is Philippe, um, the, the prince. <laughs> my least favorite character is Andre's wife. I forget what her name is. Madame Lenotre. Yeah, Madame <laughs> Douch- Douchebag. Um, my favorite <laughs> scene is the one where... Uh, what's her face? I remember mm-hmm. her name. Claire. Kate Winslet. Kate her. Sabine. Kate, I was like Claire Sabine. 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 Thank you. I don't write it down. When Sabine comes in to the, to see the, the pair guy and it's the king mm-hmm. and she doesn't know it and they have a little banter and it's fun. He's really enjoying it until she realizes, oh shit, this is the king. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite scene. And my favorite line is, I rented this. <laughs> <laughs> Because it really shows that, you know, he had a great pride in this whole thing. You know, I get to play for the king and... Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, nobody cares. Nothing. <laughs> and no one cares. And I'm going to yay this movie with... Really? With instructions. <laughs> <laughs> with instructions. You should watch this movie only if you're into weird chick flicks. <laughs> <laughs> Tony was drinking. That was me. <laughs> I should have accepted. So you're going to say maybe. No, no. It's a yay only for into weird chick flicks. <laughs> where there is no actual story going on. I think oh. this, is, this is the strongest a maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like right above a maybe. It's like may yay? Yeah. It's a may yay. I'm writing it down under the yay. Yay, bay. Well, because it doesn't, it's not the traditional story that you're used to. There is no antagonist to be found <laughs> other than. Rain. The wife, the wife, yeah. the wife. other than rain, rain. Yeah. the wife so, and ghost baby. That's not the antagonist. Ghost wife baby. and ghost baby are the antagonists. Agree, disagree. So yeah, um, if you're into that weird shit, give it a shot. If you're not into that kind of movies, if you're into anything else whatsoever, then don't watch this. Uh, all right. <laughs> See, let's get it over with. You started. I was the- really surprised. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll go around the table, Tony. Ten. All right. Favorite character was uh, the king, and secondary was his uh, his, brother. his brother Philippe. Yeah, Yo, Stanley Tucci pretty much steals every movie I've ever seen him, and he steals <laughs> every scene he's in. But um, least favorite character is Madame Lenotre. I mean, my favorite line is the uh, I didn't I didn't write the line down, but it's it's when he does the thing with the sweets because he's all depressed and his brother oh, comes. Oh, do you have lemon? Lemon. Yeah. <laughs> it grows jelly. <laughs> and my favorite scene is. Uh, is actually the gathering of the the women when they all take you know kind of take care of each other because mm-hmm. they're they're all just in there and they look like they're pretty much gonna tear her apart and then she's like well you know I lost my kids and then they're like whoa and then it kind of changes the whole room and then they all kind of support her like you were saying that was a good scene mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah this movie I I like it Ha-ha. I think that I knew he was gonna <laughs> he, he has to do weird, my law it's a weird movie it's kind of like it kind of reminds me of. Um, the hell was that other movie? Only Lovers Left Alive. Oh Jesus! Where there's no, there's no like you know, protagonist, antagonist, the, the three act structure, all that crap. None of that stuff's in there, and it kind of focuses on weird parts. You know, it seems like it should be focused on their, 
on the relationship between them and all this other stuff should be in the background, but it kind of pushes them but off. It focuses, and it focuses more on, on yeah, the work. Which is kind of weird. And less on. I what, Some of the reviews I read said that really the romantic thing is like a tertiary plot. Yeah. And this is really about the creation of the garden yeah. and about the but I agree with Elaine. It was way too subtle. It should have <laughs> been pushed further. And there should have been more conflict. There should have been more going on. There was no real conflict. Nope. Maybe maybe the wife was kind of a bitch, but she's kind of a bitch, and <laughs> and yeah, it rained, but that's not like conflict, you know what I mean? So that was the only parts that were kind of made it tough, and it, it was the same thing with Only Lovers Left Alive. Is there's there's no conflict, so that there, if there's no conflict, there's no story, there's and no that resolution. makes it, it makes kind it of tough internal conflict. Yeah, but it was like I say, it was I enjoyed it, you know. So may yeah, go ahead. Fuck <laughs> <Yeah>, it, <yeah. laughs> why not? Yeah. So far, we got two. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> we need to have a. Actually, it should be yay, nay, maybe, fuck it, why not? Because we have two people, fuck it, why not? I already read you down as yays. So no, no, it's yeah. Yay. Um, <laughs> what do you have, Elaine? <laughs> so, my favorite character is Kate Winslet's Sabine. I just. I, I think she's a great actor, and I think she's she really underrated. She doesn't. She should have her own podcast. I feel like she doesn't get the. Hollywood kind of recognition and roles that an actress of her caliber really deserves. Mm -hmm. She does a lot of smaller pictures, thoughtful films, which is fantastic because she's a wonderful actress. But I really wish she had gotten more Hollywood type roles. I think there, just from her, I think there's there's some, I think something happened. There's something weird about her. You know what I mean? Like she should maybe. be in these bigger roles, but people kind of push her away. Like maybe. She pissed off the wrong person, or maybe she was a bitch to somebody, <laughs> or, maybe, or maybe guys. Or maybe she refuses to yeah, conform to what exactly. they want, or or maybe James she's Cameron just really like her. yeah. Something. Maybe she's really picky about the roles she takes, or yeah. maybe she's one yeah. of those people that has kids and wants and only takes roles in England maybe where she can too, be where maybe. I mean, I because don't know. this movie was shot over the course of forty days yeah. in London, so she Bam. didn't have to. <laughs> like I mean maybe Switch. she doesn't like the Hollywood scene and just wants to support British companies cuz she did that Peter Pan movie and that was great. I didn't see that. She, would you what I is that called? You know, you know what I'm Johnny Depp? Yeah. Finding Neverland. Fine. Oh. That was great. It's That wasn't a movie. She played the mother oh, of the that. kids. <laughs> You'll enjoy that. She played the mother of the kids that Peter Pan was based on. Mhm. So, mm. and it was... Yeah, she's it, always good. It's a period piece. She's great in these kind of period pieces, too. Um, my least favorite character, I don't really have one. I'm going to go with the wife, Madame Lin Norte, Nortre, or whatever you say her name. <laughs> because she was a bitch. But she's the only person who's like... I liked her character, though. Yeah. I liked yeah. them she all. Was there wasn't... Like, the the only other character I can come up with is the dude that she had sex with in in the carriage and sabotage the thing, but he was barely in the movie. The man whore? He's like my least favorite tertiary man whore. <laughs> like, There's a lot of man whores, so that's quite so, a title. So least like, favorite really, tertiary man whore. So you I know really, what? I would mean to tell you about my least favorite hard, tertiary man whore. It was hard to pick up. Jason X. I kind of want that as a, on a trophy. On a, a <laughs> What's that? Is that for like, uh, you know, no, I want that for least tertiary man whore. Back in, 2018. So it's hard to pick a least favorite character, but I picked the wife. And uh, my favorite line <laughs> is, why me? These gardens should be large enough to embrace voices other than my own. I really like that. Mm -hmm. My favorite scene is the one with all the ladies and then into the meeting the king at court. Mm -hmm. I just, it was beautiful. I loved it. It's the best part of this whole movie. Um, I thought that 
I don't think it's a romance at all, even though there's this romantic plot. I think it's purely a period drama, and it's a little bit of a, just a historical fiction about these gardens. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish we had seen... I wish they had gone with that more, and we had seen maybe some of the other plans and seen Andre with some of the other gardeners. people gardeners that have been hired. I would have found that more enjoyable. It was already a two-hour movie. They had to cut some shit out. <laughs> no, but if they had pushed that angle more rather than this romantic, subtle romantic plot, mm-hmm. which never developed enough to really feel like anything, <laughs> then I feel it would have been better. I don't know if better. she recommend this or not. I really don't know. I know, I'm, I, and, like, I was watching it, and I was like. She doesn't know either. No, I do. I was watching it, and I had a real Godfather 3 moment. Really? Yes, because. She was Godfather 3. Again, no. woman who says she doesn't like Al Pacino keeps bringing up his movies. Can I tell you why? Because just when I think I'm out. It sucks me back in. Uh-huh. Like, Still, I'm like... Now quoting him directly like, in the boring. movie. I w- I'm like, this is boring. And then all of a sudden, I would just be glued to this screen. And nothing very, really very happens true. in this movie. But yet, all of a sudden, you you're so it. into it. Like, so I think this is a good movie. It's way better than Last Lovers Left Alive or whatever. That bullshit Last Lovers Left Alive. Only Lovers Left Alive. That was boring. Remember the vampires had the timers on them? And I think the difference between why that was so boring and wow, this was so interesting is because it's the period piece. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And because there's that little bit of historic characters kind of you're interested in their life. So I'm going to give it a yay. All right, then. Did Carly get her first four-way yay? No, well, let's love see actually. what Carly oh, said. Love actually. No. <laughs> hey, hey, she hasn't given her review yet. She can still may bay. Oh, it's I true. will be yaying it. She's done that before, too. I've liked this movie more every time I've watched it. Oh, I, I kind of want to watch it again. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to ever watch it again, even recommending it, but I think I might. I'm never going to see it. I've show. enjoyed it more every time I've watched it. So... I might watch it again. Cause no. <laughs> All right, well. I want to see the interactions between Stanley Tucci and his cut. lover. My, actually, the, the U.S. version <laughs> is roughly five minutes shorter than the European version. Whoa. So they cut out a scene cut. where Andre sings. <laughs> yeah, that was could, not in the version we watched. No, the U.S. cut does not have it. Hmm. I didn't see that. that there was anything else that they cut, but the U.S. version is four is or five minutes shorter. Is that in your DVD copy? No. The Andre scene? There's no special features special. at all in my DVD <laughs> Well, I didn't know which version you had. I have the oh. U.S. version. What right. a bummer. What's your favorite character? So Carl? my favorite character is also Sabine. Madame Debara. I like her. I love Kate Winslet. <laughs> she does a great job. My least favorite character, I'm with you, there's... There's not really anybody to pick, so we will by default pick the the mean lady. Or you can go with your favorite tertiary man whore. I mean, or least favorite. If I had to pick my least favorite tertiary man whore, it would probably be her husband. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I was not expecting that in he the flashback. <laughs> he didn't live long enough to get a trophy, per se, but... I thought he was just going to go on a trip and die. I didn't think he was going to say, you know what? I've taken a lover. You're kind of out. <laughs> I've taken our daughter to her today, and then... Uh, well, you know, they do that so you don't feel bad when he dies. Yeah. And it's all about the daughter. You feel bad about the daughter. So it pushes you to, lo- to feel bad about the daughter, not the husband. I feel bad they both died because she killed them. 
<laughs> well, she did kill them. It was right. definitely involuntary manslaughter. In the sequel, they come back as, as snowmen. <laughs> oh, shit. And Which say, is weird because it wasn't time. even winter. <laughs> weird because it wasn't even winter. What's your favorite scene? My favorite scene is also the one at the garden. Isn't that a good scene? King. That was almost my favorite scene, but then this I, other one happened. I really enjoy it. When they when he's helping her carry it, and she has two heavy plants, and he's carrying two little pot yeah. plants. <laughs> Yeah. It's just great. Because he's the king, he doesn't <laughs> to pick shit up. <laughs> My favorite line is when Andre is talking to his wife about how she arranged the the way that they live. And she says, I beg you. And he says, I begged you once. And he says, mm. I'm going to give you the same advice you told me. That whole part. That was great, too. See, and in the Such British version, he ends that there. with bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said bitch. bitch. You could really... You could, she was a great actress, too, because you could really see... Like, in the beginning, she doesn't care about him. She's, yeah. She's just her husband. But now he likes this woman, and it's, she's like, you cannot her. like a woman. That's right. It was very, like, very and she just got man-like. so upset. Men, men do that, where they're like, you know, I'll cheat on my wife. But you're not cheating on me. You know? Wait a minute, what? That's right. Only I could cheat on you. Yeah. You can't cheat on me. So. But is it cheating if they have an arrangement? No. no. He doesn't think so. That's but the whole point. They're polyamorous. And it doesn't bother her as long as it's only her doing That's it. the point. <laughs> she thought she didn't give a shit, but now that somebody else like it's the age-old... If she doesn't like you, have sex with her friend, and all of a sudden she wants See, you. you told me I can't give that advice. <laughs> Tale because, as old as time. Because I don't want our son to be one of those boys that just fucks girls to get other girls I didn't, to like him. Yeah, that wasn't the advice. She, that, you misheard that. I'm just said, saying. Do you want that girl to like you? Because she, she didn't like him. So I said, okay, we'll go out with one of her friends. She'll like you. This terrible I advice. I didn't say start banging all of her friends. Because... And, you know, <laughs> I don't like that advice because it sounds like you're using the friend, which is bad. No. But that's, that's what, what happened here. See, but you weren't listening. It was like you weren't. Right. You got to hear me. Mommy and daddy are fighting again. I think I'm going to use this time to say, hey, please find us on Facebook. <laughs> or in marriage counseling. Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast. On Twitter at unmovie podcast. And on Instagram at unmovie podcast dogs can email a movie podcast at gmail.com or rate room subscribe <laughs> <laughs> hello ben and nikki yeah. dr nick what's up enjoy your podcast i forgot then you're gonna have to watch it it's a carly episode that got four yay nikki listen to it you're listen gonna love it, it. No. <laughs> ben. you can't watch any of these ben after you watch it we would really like to know your thoughts so please make sure you tweet at us <laughs> Or send us an email because that would be really exciting if someone sent us an email. You know, I gotta say we've been getting a lot of a lot of hits lately. That means that some of you've been telling three friends and having them oh, tell yeah, three our friends. And we do we do appreciate that. Keep up the good work, friends. We uh, we love you. Oh my God, new listeners, because I know you're out there and it's very exciting. Please send us an email. All right. So next week on, on the, the podcast po- is a movie <laughs> There's of Elaine's picking. I'm so. Tempted to change my pick just basically off because there's a Three Musketeers movie I've been thinking about picking. And John said there was no Musketeers. (laughs) But I'm going to save it in my back pocket for another week and go with. So when I do it, she can get mad about it. (laughs) No. And I'm going to go with my original pick that I already told you about The Great Wall, starring Matt Damon and China. Not the wrestler, the country of. I was going to say, really? And the country of China. (laughs) Because. 
there's so many. I'm going to have a really hard time with the actors saying their names. See you next week. <laughs> you know what? You should probably start practicing that now. I'm not going to. Other than Matt Damon, <laughs> the guy who played Prince Oberyn. <laughs> oh, he's in it? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Tony went from okay to I am so in. Yeah. You know who else is in it? William Dafoe. Really? Yes. Yeah. Holy shit. He's a good like, super into Matt Damon. He's okay, but fucking Wim Dafoe and the Red Viper. What did yeah. you think? Did you see The Martian? No. no. That was really? really good, too. I heard it was really good. I started to read the book, but I didn't finish it. Watch the movie. It's faster. <laughs> You're in and out in two hours, and you get to see Matt Damon just owning it. Because yeah. he had... He was by himself, so... Yeah. There's some really great... It's funny because people complain that that was put in the comedy care category. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> it's not a comedy, but there's yeah. some really good humor in this. Cool. And it right. just kind of really portrays what you would think of when you're stuck by yourself. Is that underappreciated? <laughs> Probably yeah. not. No, it was very appreciated. Well, Everybody loved it. Like, what, Golden Globe, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's also not an action adventure, so... Yeah. It's definitely a drama. And, well, Carly's going to have to watch something else. I don't know. It's definitely an adventure. A man is trapped on Mars. <laughs> Which could be horror. There's you that think whole it's only with... enough romance. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those potatoes. So he, has to go, he has to go find the rover. That's action. You can do it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>